yeah, just want to thank you for listening to us. You know, this is um, obviously a part of our lives that we're sh- sharing with the world and obviously a lot of people out there can relate to us so we're very thankful that you take the time to listen hi everyone and welcome to the pool an acronym for purpose influence life and leadership i'm one of your hosts paula and i'm sitting next to my handsome husband dan the man welcome everyone and we're excited to be bringing a topic about leadership yes Thank you to everyone that's been that's been tuning in and giving us feedback. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, really excited about our topic on this podcast. Okay, so I thought we would talk about we'd harken back to what we started our podcasts on originally, which was leadership. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think about leadership that are critical. There's there's so many different things, but one of them is being able to raise people that are better than you which which takes a very special skill set one you need to believe in the people that you're leading Uh, another one is that you need to in believing in them so everything you have into them without any insecurity and be able to mentor them and instill in them so much of yourself but also encourage them to glean from other sources as well because it gives their uh, what informs their leadership more context um, and it's more rounded. What was the quotes you had? Okay, um, so I've been reading over the last couple of days John C. Maxwell's Becoming a Person of Influence. So it's a really good book. Great book. Um, so one of the quotes I really wanted to draw from in regards to this respect is as a leader, like what my husband was saying, is looking at the potential of others evaluating that and not putting them where you believe they should be but having a uh, in one of the quotes it says a successful enlarger evaluates the potential of others and places them in a position to succeed a successful enlarger Uh, as in 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 the respect of a leader a successful leader evaluates the potential of others and places them in a position to succeed now, one thing I know about our church in specific, we always talk about whatever you're passionate about, you'll get up and do time and time again. So when we spend time with people, we're looking at keys, um, like my husband and I are looking at areas in their life that you you push a button and if they go on and on and on and on and on about it for hours and hours, this is how I spot a person, Um for a long period of time without stopping and sometimes without even breathing, they're more than likely. So when we spend time with people, when my husband and I spend time with people, I'm listening very intently to um, what the people talk about. So Trying to hear where their passions are. Yeah, trying to hear where their passions are because normally where your passions are, it won't be hard to work your gift. So I think about, so, for example, um, if you talk to me about league, yeah, or listen to, um, and and me and my husband talk about sports. Well, mainly he does talk about sports. You talk to him about league. Honestly, I swear he, it makes when he talks about league, it's like he could coach a team. He's a one of those couch coaches, <laughs> a couch hey. selector, hey. and one of those. With all due respect, I'm the best coach, uh, couch coach there is. Yeah, I agree, babe. <laughs> 
so you talk you talk to him about league man you just see him fire up and he can talk for a long period of time and I've seen him with other like-minded people and you see them talking and they can talk about it for a long period of time where it's actually excited them that much to create a thread with how many of you in that thread it's a NRL uh, fantasy team uh, yeah I don't know we've got several threads yeah well there we, you go even last year we we uh, created a Facebook page and we actually had our former league players jumping in and supporting us in private messaging me and all of that about it too. They were happy to jump on board and help us get that off the ground. See, and that's what passion does. Passion creates. Passion um, helps you to develop and and gather other people and draw other people to it. Passion makes the work easy. Well, it seems like it's easy. Yeah, if you're... Well, yeah, true. If you're passionate about it, you're willing to go through whatever it is to get things done. And that's why I love the saying, a successful enlarger or a successful leader evaluates the potential of others. So we're looking at other people's potential. So even though my husband might have had an idea about starting a thread up, if another guy has a great idea, he's not going to be insecure if he goes off and starts another page or a thread and grabs a whole heap of other people because we're all working, they're all working towards the same goal, which is a community of NRL coach couches. <laughs> oh, well, the couch coaches. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that is true, though. Uh, it's important whenever we sp- spend time with people to really listen to their hearts, mm. and when you do that, you do get key indicators. Uh, on on where they'll probably fit. Mm. Um, it's important as a leader to recognise the potential in people, to believe in them, but it's also important to understand where their passions are and to steer them toward that in whatever way you can. The power of influence cannot be underestimated. You, you have to use your influence or whatever level of influence you have on someone to steer them or encourage them or guide them into those areas of of what they're passionate about because it means they will roll out uh, whatever that thing is, whether it's ministry or uh, whether it's uh, executing something in a job. They'll do it. They'll do whatever it takes to get it done. Mm. I think um, the power of encouragement too goes a long way with people that are passionate about it because so many times when people don't share the same passion it can come across as quite discouraging, especially so like if I'm a netballer and I'm hanging out with the NRL couch coaches, then obviously my fire isn't going to be blazing as as full on as theirs because they're always going to have something in common. And so I'm going to sit there with my, my netball aspirations and love of netball. It's kind of like laying dormant until yeah, I, find, I find that person that shares the same passion as I do, aka my mate Kahui. <laughs> so when her and I get together and we talk about netball, we know the netball teams, we know the players, we know who's playing, we know we're, we're the netball couch coaches as well. We know um, who should be playing what position and who should be on the court and who shouldn't be. And um, We don't go as far as having netball threads and things like that, but when we get together, we we actually find a community of people. So we've gone along to uh, a Silver Ferns and Diamonds game 
um, that was the first time I've ever seen seen one of those. But because you're in a community, you get like-minded people. It's not hard to push a vision. So our vision is we want to we want to go and play netball or we want to watch netball on an ongoing basis. So if you find like-minded people, you know, like-minded people attract like-minded people. Um, and then you start talking about that, it's easier to build the bigger picture. Yeah, that's a good analogy that you've shared there. Um, you know, different passions for different sports. Trying to um, sit with a group of NRL professionals to talk about netball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to get the same level of passion about netball from people that are crazy about a different sport. Mm. Um one bugbear I have is when you try to conform people or try to force people to think like you or to be like you. Mm. That's not leadership. That's uh, dictatorship and control, mm. which is vastly different. And the only thing that breeds at the end of the day, yeah, you might get the objective achieved, but it breeds resentment. Yeah, how many casualties are involved in that, eh? Yeah, yeah. Because you cause casualties, you cause um, offences and things like that if you function like that. Maybe. Yeah, and it's 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 dangerous for the longevity of what you're trying to establish mm. or build. Um, so when you're a leader, the best way to do it is to sit down with people, hear mm. what their hearts are, what they're passionate about, yep. and ask yourself how can how can this gift in this person, oh, with, without it making it sound like it's con- uh, contrived or controlled, uh, thinking how can the um, this person's passion suit this particular ministry. Mm, mm. As a leader, when you're navigating for others, remember that they can't make the whole trip in a day. You want to take as many people as you can on the journey with you, even if you have to stop for a little while. You know that the saying, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. Um, earning the respect and having a relationship with others um, as a leader is the key because you can, if you encourage them, a leader encourages, inspires, empowers, speaks to their heart, encourages them to their purpose. If you're speaking like that into their life and at times even just stop for a minute and pause with them, you actually gain their trust. They trust you, then you can take them anywhere and you can support them anywhere that they go. So there's a saying that's quite common uh, quite popular at the moment, which uh, I've I've heard Sean Cannell say it, which is people overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in five years. Mm. Um, so having a long term vision is great, having long term goals is great, and setting goals for the uh, for the immediate future is awesome too. But just remember, if it doesn't work out as you plan, like if you say I'm going to earn X amount of dollars in this first year and it doesn't happen, just remember you've still got time on your side. You can continue on and achieve that within the five-year goal as well. Mm. I don't know how that relates, but it's worth saying for now. Yeah. I mean, like like what I was saying before about um, a good leader takes the trip with the people as, um, yeah. that they're guiding. You know, it, it's better to plan way ahead and take as many people as you can with you because oh, there, there was another saying that um, you can't do with one what you can do with five or with many. So 
It will take you twice as long to get to your destination if you did it on your own. Whereas if you took a group of you, you multiply that that vision or you multiply um, what you what you had ever thought or dreamed of because you have a number of people jumping on board as a part of that. I don't know. Anyway, it's in here. <laughs> yeah. But it's my... Um, that's, I, that's why I love sport so much. It's a great metaphor for life. Uh, it's a great metaphor for leadership too. Um, like, you know, there are some, some great captains that we've seen over the years in different sports. Mm. Um, in, in rugby, Richie McCall would have to be one of the greatest examples of a captain. Uh, leading the team, leading by example, leading from the front, those are things that, you know, they would always say about him. Uh, he would he would have the drive and the passion and the leadership to be able to steer the whole team toward that same common goal, mm. which is to win against the other teams. Uh, in rugby league, I'd have to say someone like Cameron Smith, hugely, hugely inspirational captain who leads from the front and uh, has such a clever head on his shoulders um, and has proven it by all the different accolades he's been able to accumulate over the years of his career. Uh, I don't know how old he is. I think he's 32 or somewhere around there. Wow. Might might be older, and he's still going. Yeah, that's quite young. Okay, I thought that was really old. That's old for league. Oh, well, Cameron Smith has been playing league for how long? Since he was like, what, 18? No, a kid. Oh, well, there you go. So when you think about it. I'm going to try and find out how old he is anyway. Okay, anyway, I'm going to carry on. So in this book too, it also talks about how a leader stays with the people or a navigator. So a person, a navigator is a person that has a vision, um, but he tries to take people or they try to take people with them on that journey by recognising the potential in them. They don't give directions and then walk away, which I really love. Um, yeah. I think that's important. They always, or they give directions and they always come back and check. So really you're not walking away if you're coming back and checking on people. Yeah. I get really inspired by John Maxwell's books. A lot of my leadership techniques actually come from John Maxwell. 21 Irrefutable uh, Laws, Laws of Leadership yeah. have had a huge influence on me, especially when I was in management. I used to read, like if I ever got stuck, I would read his books. I would read John Maxwell's books to kind of give me some ideas. One, um, because he's a godly man. And two, he's got organisational training experience, which I really respected. So he was walking in both worlds. So yeah. a spiritual world as well as a corporate world as well. So, secular, secular and church world. Yeah, so he can, but most of his were biblically based and founded. So it was easy for him to transition those leadership skills into corporate world. So um, he speaks here, um, they travel alongside people as a friend, which is very true. You know, a true friend is one who hears and understands when you share your deepest feelings. They support you when you're struggling. They correct you as well. Gently with love when you err. So when the err is like make mistakes and you know, fall off the wagon and then you got to get back up. And they forgive when you fail. A true friend prods you to personal growth, stretches you to to your full potential, and most amazing of all, they celebrate your successes as if they were your own. And I, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Like for me, that makes my spirit jump and get all excited. 
Yeah, it speaks about security too. Oh, yeah. You know, a, a leader needs to be secure enough that they're not trying to keep their thumb over the people that they're trying to uh, that they're leading. They're not trying to dominate them or control them enough or, or so much that they can't express themselves. When you celebrate the successes of those that are under your leadership, it's a credit to you. Oh man, absolutely! Like I, I remember being a team leader, and um, you know, and I'd have to sit there with my my workers, and I'd ask them, you know, what are your future aspirations? And they say, I want to be a a manager of this. I want to write policies, and I want to. Oh, one random guy ended up becoming an airline steward, but he achieved it. You know, it's amazing what a little bit of encouragement and belief can do to a person. When you encourage them and you sow belief into them and you believe it more than them sometimes, how much of a confidence booster that can be. I believe three or four of those workers have gone on to achieve that. One's a policy writer, the other one's an airline steward, the other one um, continued as a team leader down in the Gold Coast and one has moved on and back into the area that she was passionate about. So, you know, four workers, um, you know, just by sowing uh, encouragement and belief and empowering them to believe that they could achieve that, you know, they bear the fruits of that. And I just, you know, that makes me super excited. I'm reminded of something that we uh, discovered early in our leadership, which was for the ones that you're leading, for, for your followers, their success is your success. Uh, yeah, that, so, that is that is it. Yeah, so it's important to understand that when you're leading someone, uh, what you're what you're pushing, what you're pushing for, what you're trying to get them to do is succeed mm. at whatever it is that um, they're passionate about, or you know, if it's if it's executing the vision, if it's achieving the task, or whatever it is, you want them to succeed at it because their success is your success. Mm. I think. There's a flip side to that as well, which is their failure could also potentially be your failure too. Um, there's a saying, everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm. Um, and again, to use sports as a metaphor, what you'll find majority of the time is when a team doesn't succeed, it's the coach that cops the brunt of it. Um, and if they fail long enough, it's the coach that'll be let go. Because sporting organisations understand that everything rises and falls on leadership. Leadership, yeah. leadership is absolutely imperative to any organisation succeeding. Whether that's a sports team, a church or a business, it all rises and falls on leadership. Mm. And you've got to, if you've been given that appointment of a leader in whatever capacity that is, whether you're the captain, the coach, the manager, the mm -hmm. the the uh, ministry leader, mm. whatever that is, um, you've got to understand that it has to be your priority to ensure every person that's under your influence succeeds at whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, I agree. And look, um, I think one of the things too about failure um, that you mentioned kind of triggered something off as well. So as a leader, we want the best for people. And sometimes us rescuing them isn't necessarily the best for people. Yeah. So um, there's another statement here. If you nurture others but allow them to become dependent on you, you're really hurting them, not helping them, which is true because what happens is if you're not nurturing them to 
be independent, to make their own decisions, and they become fully reliant on you for that direction in their life, they're not really fulfilling their purpose. They're fulfilling your will as a leader. So is that really a leader or is that a dictator? Mm, that that statement kind of reminds me of parenting. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's a parents that encourage their children to do things and to learn from their mistakes and then there's parents that are very cautious about what their children do and then there are the parents that do too much for their kids. They nurture them so much that when their children are old enough to be in the adult world, they don't know how to survive because they've never made their own mistakes. Mm. I listened to an interview recently of Dr. Phil and he shared about that about that very thing where parents do so much for their children that their children simply can't function. Um, you know, whenever the child is about to fall, the parent is there to catch them. That makes sense to a degree, but what Dr. Phil was talking about was um, what happens is when the child thinks that they're independent and they can finally leave home, when they fall and they're not caught, they fall flat on their face because they're like, someone is meant to be here to catch me and no one's there. As a leader, you you do. You need to nurture your team, definitely. But you've also got to allow your team to learn from the mistakes that they've made or to be able to analyse the choices they've made, the decisions they've made, and the, well, what's the word, not objective, it sounds too, too businessy, but you have to let your team learn from the mistakes they've made. Yeah, absolutely, but not hold them to ransom on it. Yeah, you don't want to condemn them or... Uh, but uh, they don't it? do it themselves too. Yeah. They don't hold themselves ransom to the mistake yeah. or the failure. Yeah. Oh, the, the people? Yeah. The people or the leader? Both. Yeah, um, you have to be able to forgive yourself and, and mm. move move on. I mean, some, some mistakes, and heck, I can... Gee, if we talked about mistakes, we'd be here all night, but... Um, sometimes you can you can definitely be disappointed at yourself for the mistakes that you've made as a leader, mm. um, but you can't dwell on them for too long because at the end of the day, there are still followers mm. that are following a leader mm. that need to be taken in a direction. Yeah, but your failures are, are lessons to be learnt from. Uh, your failures should be the, the thing that drives you forward. So failures aren't... Um, I believe somebody did an interview, I can't remember who, it actually might have been in the book, but they interviewed 350 of their workers, oh, successful people, actually. They, they interviewed, they'd done a survey which was interviewing 300 people and asked them a simple question, have you ever failed? And from their perspective, roughly about 80 of percent, 80% of them admitted that they failed and made huge mistakes along the way before they got to the stage that they were at. And you're looking at like um, professionals, you're looking at business owners, you're looking at pastors, you're looking at various types of leadership. So a lot of them attributed their successes from their failures because had they not have gone from that, they may not have learned the lessons that they needed to learn to get to that next level of where they needed to be. Yeah, so leadership is, again, I think we've probably said this on an earlier podcast, leadership is something we're incredibly passionate about. And what I'm particularly buoyed by when it comes to leadership is seeing, not just seeing an, an objective achieved, but seeing the people realise that they were the ones that made it happen. Mm. And that, uh, you know, whether it's an, an individual that you gave the task to or whether it's a team, 
seeing a collective victory in their eyes, you know, really encourages you as the leader because it, it tells you that uh, you were able to lead them in the right direction to see something achieved. Mm. Uh, but also with them, it gives them so much self-belief, mm. which means when objectives come in the future, because, you know, there's another, I think it's Jim Ron says success leaves clues. Mm. There are things that inform them. And so, uh, you know, when you give them another task, they're like, well, I've, I've done this before. I can do it again. Mm. Um and what, what's that? What's that saying that Miles Monroe he says about um, leaders? The, the success of an organization is seen when uh, no, the success of an organization can be seen by how it's running when you're not there. When the leader is not. When there. the leader's not there, yeah. yeah. So A- you want to know the fruit of your. So basically, if you want to know the fruit of your leadership, yeah, um, does it still run when you, when you're not around? Yeah, does it does yeah. it function well? Because mm. if it isn't. It's a clear sign that you're probably micromanaging your team. Mm. If you have to be there every step of the way mm. um, to coach them all the way through, not not to support, that's different. But if you have to be there to coach them all the way through or say, no, don't do it like that, mm. do it like this, then, yeah, it's a clear sign that you're micromanaging the team. Yeah, and I think one thing I, I tend to do, like, that I've done is, like, people will come up to me and – because majority of people have the answer. Like That's how I see it. To, to the problems that they, yeah, uh, yeah. they're confronted with? Yeah, yeah, ma- majority of them do. Or, um, so majority of the time when people come to me with concerns or questions or how they how they should do a certain thing, one of the first things I, I ask them is, well, what do you think you should do? And it may be awkward and they go, I don't know. That's why I'm coming to you. And I'm like, well, what do you think? If you were in my position, what would you say? <laughs> and so, you know, just putting the onus back onto them because what you're actually doing is getting them to become reliant and confident in the decisions that they're going to be making. If you keep giving them the answers, you're actually causing more harm, like that quote that I said, you're causing more harm than you are good. Now, at yeah, the you're beginning, just trying to instill a little bit of self-belief, eh? Yeah, well, giving like, them the confidence to make a decision. Kind of like when a, when a parent has a has a young child and you're just saying you can do it and also you know when you're giving a child you start they start growing up and making decisions you know a simple decision for them to make do you want to wear the blue t-shirt or the red t-shirt you're starting to already instill in them that confidence to make a decision and what they like and what they don't like and once you start building that up in in them when it comes to making a decision about their life it actually becomes a little bit easier. They'll still need some guidance. They'll come to mum or dad, you know, depending on what how you've created that relationship and saying, mum, I'm looking at doing this. You know, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, well, this is what I see. But I remember when a colleague of mine came and he was a manager and I was a team leader, but because we had similar values, um, we were both Christians in an organisation and he um, was at a real crossroads in, crossroads in his life and he came to me and he basically said, oh, Paula, can I see you for a second? And he's in like a managerial position, but he's not being fully utilised at this point in time. You're you're not speaking right now. You're speaking of a time in the past. Yeah, I'm talking about a previous position that I held as a team leader. And he came to me and he was at a crossroad in his life. He wanted to develop and grow. And this is a manager coming to me, but he pulled me. We went into this office and he said to me, I'm talking to you as a sister. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Um, And he says to me, I believe inside of me that I have much more to give 
but I believe where I need to be is not here. However, I have this dilemma that I still have a family to feed and all that sort of stuff. And I suppose I said to him, well, you know, what do you believe? What do you believe God is saying to you? Because God's always talking to us and sometimes we just need that person just to prompt that. And because he was coming from a spiritual aspect, he goes, and I and I said to him, what do you plan to achieve? Because you owe, you owe, owe this organization nothing. You don't really owe them anything. You've got nothing to lose. You've been given this great opportunity. Um, you know, you're only going to prosper wherever you go. So if you can see the words of encouragement, it actually pushed him to the decision that he needed to make without me even saying, you you need to get rid of this place kind of thing. And you don't know, owe anybody anything. Oh, you need to follow what God is telling you to do. And I didn't know what God was telling him to do. And he, all I, all he needed was the encouragement to make the decision. Just a light nudge. Yeah. And I just said, you just follow what God says and, you know, go and speak to your wife and you guys have the discussion and trust that God will lead and guide you. And that's all he needed. But I'll leave it at that. Yeah, but he's doing really, really well. He's out there um, living the dream. One thing I'd like to leave with our listeners is, as a leader, you have a responsibility to encourage, inspire, but also to spot the potential in a person and nurture that into their full into the fullness of it all so that they fulfill their purpose here. You know, we guide, we lead by example, and we guide them. We, we teach them forgiveness. We teach them to get up. We teach them to keep going and keep focused on the prize at the end. But in saying that, you know, like my husband, he shared right at the beginning, as funny as that was, because it was funny for me, but it was excruciating pain for him. You know, I still encouraged him, babe, it's going to be okay. You know, it's going to be all right. You keep going. Your your blessing's just around the corner. Now, those times he's done that to me as well, where I've felt that way and, you know, he leads me and I love that about him. But in saying that, because I I find inspiration and strength in that, how much more would your encouragement and your empowerment be when you give it to someone else and then you start to influence them and inspire them? You could just do so much in their lives and, and change their whole world, not just for them right now, but for the generations to come. So for all those leaders out there, I really encourage you to reflect on your leadership skills. Are you compelling people? Are you inspiring them and encouraging them into their purpose? Or are you repelling them? Um, they're coming away resentful, but uh, as a result of your your words and how you're talking to them. So the one thing we want to do is we want to compel people to fulfill their purpose here on this earth. So Leaders, keep up the great work. You know you do a great job out there inspiring others. If you've got followers there, if you've got people that are looking up to you, if you're mentoring people, it's a privilege. It's not um, a burden, it's a privilege. And the best example, are, you know, a lot of great examples out there, but I love how our Bishop Brian Tamaki leads. Um, I don't care what all the haters out there say, you know, I'm a product of his ministry and I believe that he's a great and mighty man of God. Our Pastor Hannah is a beautiful example as well. So for those listeners in New Zealand, which I believe is less than our listeners in America, so really happy about that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, I really encourage all those listeners. There's a great example of a man there, as well as John Maxwell and some of the people that we named tonight throughout the podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, I just want to go back to that point uh, that I raised earlier in the podcast, which was about well, your followers' success is your success. Really have a belief, a, a belief in mm-hmm. those that you're leading. If you're going to believe in, uh, no, if you're going to be leading people, use that influence that you have to encourage them to believe in themselves yeah, and to a- achieve the objective. Um, it's it's in the best interests of so many different things. It's in the best interests of yourself as a leader, of the organisation that you're leading in, whether that's church or a sports team or whatever. It's in the best interests of the person or people that you're that you are leading because they'll be influenced by that and that self belief they will take uh, it it'll it'll that self belief will spread into other areas of their lives too. Um, encouraging people like my wife was sharing uh, a little bit earlier about you know just just nudging people along. Um, don't ever underestimate how powerful that is. Oh yeah. It's yeah. huge. Um, just just a little bit of encouragement. Now you can do it. Now you've got this. You can. Uh, I believe in you. Even words like "I'm proud of you." Mm. I knew you could do it. Mm. Because there's enough negativity out there as it is. There's yeah. enough people. I mean, self doubt is a huge killer of potential. Mm-hmm. People don't really need outside noise or you know outside voices to tell them how bad they are. A lot of people, I'd say more so than not. Mm. Um, start out doubting themselves and and saying, "Oh, you know, I'm not good enough," and all of that. Mm. So it's important to have. Uh, it's important to be the leader that encourages and that mm-hmm. instills self belief and that uh, really backs uh, their followers 100. percent Yeah, it's vital to n- not just achieving the objectives, whatever that might might be, but it's also vital to. Uh, seeing that person grow in their own confidence and to grow in whatever potential they're showing. Mm. Once again, huge thank you to all of you out there. Really appreciate you for tuning in. Hey, uh, just like my wife touched on uh, earlier or something that she hinted at, uh, you know what was really exciting is that when we looked at the Mm -hmm. stats, we're currently getting more listeners uh, in America than we are from New Zealand. Which was one of your goals, so... Yeah. Thank you, America, for taking the time to listen to Thank us. Thank you, USA, yeah. where, wherever you're listening from in the yeah. USA. <laughs> if you are listening to this from the States, uh, if we're talking to you right now, then give us a little shout-out. Let us know where you're listening from. Yeah. Um, would really like to interact with you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was actually really surprising. You know, you jump on, you look at the stats, and you, you're like, okay, we've got this many percent listening from australia naturally because it's where we live Mm. uh we've got this much percent listening from new zealand naturally because that's where we're from Mm -hmm. but then you've got more people listening from america than from new zealand which was hugely surprising so uh to all our u.s family out there salutes really appreciate you for tuning in and listening to the pill on this podcast and all the other ones shout outs man yeah thank you guys for tuning into the pill other than that peace Love and blessings. That's us, babe. Well, it has to be because you've wrapped up early, so I can't tell them to find you on social media at Mrs. Paula T on Instagram and Paula Taitoko on Facebook. Yes, and I, I want can't you to tell come them. and find me. So, yes, you, that is very important that you do that. What's that? 
I do want them to find me, but then I better. But if they find me, I have to like post regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in my wife's defense, for all of you out there, if you do decide to follow her, she's not incredibly active on social media. But I'm sure if you throw some love, if you throw some love her way, I'm pretty sure she'll respond. Yeah, I do try. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe that will be a goal for me. Maybe to post that once every second day or something like that. What I'm doing, whether it be I'm on my phone scrolling. <laughs> Try one one post a day. No, that's too much. That's that's I can't do that. There's 24 hours. You can you can do no, it. that's Hang too on. much. You can do a post in a second. No, I I can't. Even if it's high dot. No, I'm. Send. Go- I know my commitments, and I know <laughs> my word is my word, and I'm doing every second day. Yeah. For how long? Uh, For the, a week. A- Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe two weeks. Over two weeks, I'll do it. Over two weeks, definitely till the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Every second day, I'm posting up on Instagram. I might do a shout out to Samsung. Come on, Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Samsung Australia. Yeah, thank you, Samsung. No, no shames about it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to Vodafone once again, thank you, Vodafone, Kuma Westfield. You guys are the bomb. Ty, thank you very, very much. You probably won't even listen to this, but anyway, for anyone else that's listening in the in the area, just go and say hi to Ty. That rhymes unintentional, and tell them, "Hey, Dan, the man from the Pill sent you," and he'll be like, "Who's Dan, the man?" And you can say, "Well, look it up on the on the podcast mm-hmm. app." Actually, one one cheeky thing I did when I went in there. Uh, during the time that I was in there, I was playing around with their iPads and stuff like that, and I opened up their iTunes podcast app and started playing our podcast in there. That is so clever. But I reckon the next time we go to Coomera Westfield and this podcast is up, that we tell him, we give him a shout-out, and we give Vodafone a shout-out. Yeah. And let's work it that way. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. (laughs) Thank you, listeners, our wonderful listeners out there. You guys are awesome, man. You know, this is a lot of fun. We we get to sit down and, and as we've shared before, my wife and I get to sit down and air our thoughts that we typically have between one another every week, uh, all, all the time anyway. But through the podcast, we're able to bring you in on those conversations. And so it is hugely encouraging to see all the, all the hearts, all the love, all the comments, uh, even people approaching us out there on the street, telling us how much you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you so much. We have huge expectations on this. Uh, we're putting in, putting in a lot of work and a lot of effort to make it happen. So uh, once again, thank you very much, everyone, once again, for tuning in to The Pill. Don't forget, every Friday, 10 p.m., we've been skipping every now and then. But anyway, peace, love, and blessings, fam. That's, That's us. us.